Veterans with Benefits is brought to you by VetShu, the newest product from the Wuhan Cooperative to treat men with ED. Let's face it, fellas, ED happens to the best of us. You could talk to a licensed physician over the phone or online on the interwebs. No more awkward in-person doctor visits telling a complete stranger your dick isn't working. It ships direct to your house in a complete, non-discreet box. When your neighbors see this box, they're going to know what's inside. There's a giant penis on the front of it surfing down a volcano. Your ED problems are going to be a thing of the past. So go to VetChew.org. Veterans with Benefits listeners using code VWB at checkout will get 7% off their order. VWB is also brought to you by Guidolinos, the first cereal made for Italians. It comes in three delicious flavors, cannoli, biscotti, and lasagna. And every box comes with a special prize, a gold chain and an anger issue. This cereal is so good you're going to want to put on a velvet jumpsuit and whack your neighbor. So go to guidolinos.org for box options and delivery fees. Guidolinos, hey, you're eating here. And now for a special VWB PSA. If you or anyone you know is struggling with depression, anxiety, or addiction, help is as easy as a phone call. Don't be an asshole and think, hey, it's not my problem. Be a bro. Reach out. I know some of you might be thinking, Roll, you're the man. How do you know about addiction? Motherfucker, please. Those psychos at Oreos come out with a new flavor every week. I know the struggle. But for real, check out the website, VeteranCrisisLine.net, or call 1-800-273-8255. Thanks, and enjoy the show. And now, for the man to which I would never exist without, the host of Veterans with Benefits, my dad, and your favorite veteran, Rolls Burbeck. <clears throat> Yo, what's up, dude? How's it going? What's going on, man? Oh, well, you know. Uh... Hey, what do you what do you go by, dude? Lewis. Lewis. Okay, cool, man. Nice to meet you, man. I go by Roll. By what? Roll? Yeah. All right. Appreciate you doing the show, dude. Yeah, no problem. So let's start off. Uh, give me a little bit of your background. Yeah. So um, I think uh, you approached me with the, the post that I had of that guy, my my soldier who got shot in the face. Um, uh, so I guess we'll get to getting there. So um, I was uh, I was in college on September 11th, and uh, I almost dropped out to go to go enlist, and my uh, my grandfather is a Cuban refugee, and uh, so so are my parents. So my my parents, my dad came over this when he was uh, eighteen, and my mom was five. Uh, but my grandfather called, and when the paterfamilias uh, calls to tell you a story, even if you've heard it a thousand times, you stop and listen. <laughs> and uh, he told me the story of you know what it was like coming over to the U.S. with four kids and you know, not speaking the language and working three jobs and, and doing what he could to provide for the family. And, uh, and he reminded me that he made all those sacrifices so I wouldn't have to. Um, and essentially told me, um, you're not, 
you're not dropping out of college like you owe me right so, <laughs> <laughs> so i finished my degree and um my first day as a second lieutenant in the army was june 6 2004 which was the 60th anniversary of d-day um sweet yeah it was pretty cool and uh you know what, what, you, what year did you graduate high school. Uh, high school in 2000 dude me too oh no way nice yeah <laughs> I, yeah i didn't um i you know i screwed around for uh a few years after high school and um i didn't i didn't join until 2005 okay so yeah well i mean it were about the same time then um yeah so uh so yeah so i uh I, you know, did the officer basic course and then Ranger and Airborne School. And I got to the 82nd Airborne in uh, February of 2005. And in March, we were in Afghanistan. So, I mean, I got to the unit and I met, I graduated Airborne School um, on Friday. And by Friday afternoon, I was at Fort Bragg. So I drove from Benning to Bragg. And um, I met my company commander and he told me, he's like, all right, well, we're doing live fire exercises uh, next week. You're coming. You're going to lead your platoon. <laughs> I was like, man, I haven't even been to CIF. Like, I have no gear. I've got, you know, the uniforms. That's it. And, and like, they weren't – I didn't even have all of the stuff sewn on them because most of them I ruined in ranger school. And he's like, oh, the company XO, he'll let you borrow his gear. So I was like, borrowed gear, you know, unzero weapon. It was just – yeah, it was wild. And then, yeah, a few weeks later um, – we were in Afghanistan. Yeah. Just you just looked like a bag of leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yo, so let me ask you something. Okay, so you know, I was in the Air Force. Mm -hmm. So they, you know, immediately when you get off the bus, they do this screwed up thing to us. And I always like to ask other branches. So in the Air Force, when you get off the bus, everyone gets in a line, you drop your bag. And then you pick your bag up and you do this about a hundred times. <laughs> and this is before, like, you know, like, you know, I know everybody bust balls about, you know, Air Force uh, basic training. <laughs> but, you know, it's still like, I mean, to me, dude, I've never been, you know, like until you've been to boot camp, you don't realize the severity of it. <clears throat> and there's well, just de degrees of it. You know, I know the Marines get it the worst. <laughs> just ask them. <clears throat> so, I, I mean, I wouldn't know, man, because. Uh, I was an officer, so I was kind of spoiled. I, I I drove in my personal vehicle to my basic course, uh, and I had a hotel room that I shared with another guy, and it was like it was like well, an you, so you were bougie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like an extended stay uh, type room, and the it was like officer quarters or whatever. Um, so it wasn't. You know, the the only time that I got like that barrack experience was in in Ranger at Airborne School. That's you know, um, well, I'm actually no in Airborne School. I had I had that room again, but it was pretty much just Ranger School that that was like the closest thing to to being, you know, that basic training type stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. like um, when I uh, when I was in, I was a parachute rigger for the Air Force, so I spent a lot of time with officers. Okay. So I was I was like in I was in direct support of fighter squadron. Okay. Now I don't know about Air Force officers, and and I'll tell you like, in the Army, officers are are it depends also on what branch you're in. So, with the infantry, um, 
you kind of have to be if you want to be successful you have to be more humble because you are on the ground with with the guys um and you know you got to dig a foxhole just like everybody else and you're gonna you're gonna be laying in the dirt just like everybody else and uh you know the the infantry motto is follow me so uh when you say follow me and go take the mountain um you're gonna want your platoon behind you so you yeah gotta, so, so you gotta be a good dude you gotta be a good dude or you're gonna have a short tenure uh yeah. so. so i would say just because i mean i mean i don't definitely know but i would say the difference between you know an army officer or you know naval officer and an air force is the air force officers it all depends on what kind of aircraft they're on like <laughs> You know, because I worked for an F-22 uh, fighter squadron. I also worked for a heavy fighter squadron. So those are two different guys. You got, okay. like the, you know, the fighter squadron guys are like, you know, the top gun volleyball playing. <laughs> you know, they all got, they got a 16 pack. <laughs> and then you got the guys, you know, that are flying the B-52s <laughs> that are just basically glorified bus drivers. Uh but they're awesome. solid. They're, but they're solid guys everywhere. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna right. meet, you're gonna meet the jerk, you know. But then for every one jerk, there's gonna be like you know, six or seven like really cool officers, you know, that take you know take their time out, you know, to talk to you, and, you know, you know, be that guy, be that leader. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, there's turds everywhere. Um, they find yeah. their way. They find their way in. Um. But I mean, that we was had, a good coach I, I wanted to take. Just four turns. <laughs> in in a series, right? The first yeah. in the series. <laughs> and I'm still, I'm, dude. The greatest one I've ever met. We're, I'm still trying to find him. He's like off the grid, and he's got. I got the best stories about this kid that I can't find him. <laughs> uh, I feel like every platoon has somebody like that. Uh, you know, they just. Like the the stories are so wild that it's hard to believe they're true sometimes, you know. And uh, uh, you spend so much time with people, like you really get to know. I think that's another thing. Like you, most of our relationships outside of the military, they tend to be kind of, um, I don't want to say superficial, but they're not they're not that deep. Like there's portions of us that you're able to hide. You know, but when you go overseas, and, and I think that's maybe something a lot of people don't realize, there is a lot of downtime. Yep. A lot. Yep. You know, a well, you know lot. what? That's funny. I was telling somebody about that. Remember, like, uh, it was like six months ago, all over the news when they were talking about that guard unit in DC. They were all just sitting there, like, you know, on the ground, just, um, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was like, no, they're not complaining. That's what they do. <laughs> You know, because everybody, all the civilians were crying about it. And I'm like, I'm telling my civilian buddies, I'm like, no, 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 no. That's what we do. We just sit there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's hard to explain. You know, if you think about, you do, well, in our case, it was it was 12-month tours. Uh, you guys did, what, three? Um, we but, do three or six. Yeah, right. So, you know, for us, it's a year. Um, and think about every minute that happens in a year. And imagine if every one of those minutes you were in the office at work, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. It, it, you get into dumb shit. Like it's just, it's going to happen. It, you got to find ways of entertaining yourself. You know? I don't, I don't think civilians realize how many movies. Yeah. 
veterans have watched. <laughs> I was just going to say, eventually you run out of movies, too. Eventually right? you run out of movies, then you start watching full shows, and then you start running out of shows. And then, dude, you're watching shit you never thought you would watch. Yeah. What was you're- that show, The uh, the People Get set- Lost? Oh, man, I was so angry with that show. Like, I remember being on patrol and being like, what a stupid-ass show. I'm so disappointed I got into that thing. Oh, my God. Yeah, you waste, like, four years of your life watching that show. <laughs> you know what? Yo, now that you brought it up, like, you know, like uh, like friends and stuff, I want to ask you something. Mm. I, I haven't asked a guest this year. So try to explain to me, if if you can, the difference between – your civilian friends, like your friends you grew up with and your friends from the military. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, actually I have, I, I made a meme series on this. I have a page called the uh, Conus battle drills that um, I ran on Facebook and I've had it for a long time. And um, I've had some, you know, some memes go viral. It's like 80,000 people following this page, but I haven't posted in a long time. But one of the things I did was a whole deal on military friends versus civilian friends. And and this is what we're talking about, like this sort of um, top level uh, relationship versus versus the deep, like they know stuff about you and they know like who you are deep that like you can't hide it, you know, especially when it comes to confronting fear, right? Like in, in those life death situations, you are who you are like the, the reality, all the all of the mask and BS or whatever it is that you show that's gone and you are exactly who you are. Right. Yeah. Um, so they know that. And because you both know each other that way and you still chose to be friends, like it's kind of like family too, you know? So the, most of the conversations start with, well, you know, Hey, shithead. So like today I got a text from one of my old squad leaders and, uh, he says, Oh, Hey, I, I bought your book. And, uh, I'm looking forward to, I'm going to be reading it on my flight back to Bragg. And I was like, oh, cool. Which book? And he goes, the Animal Kama Sutra. Right? <laughs> that's, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's exactly what the, the military friend is like, right? You know? Yeah. Or you'll, or, you know, like you'll, I'll get like a random text from like a buddy of mine, like from, you know, I haven't heard from, it'll just be his nuts. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, right. Like thinking about you, right? Like that's the caption. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I hope the, hope the family's doing good. Happy fourth. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that is exactly uh, that's exactly true, and that will not happen with your with your civilian friends. No, uh, it, no, it won't. It, like yeah, like I try to explain to my like because you know like my civilian friends like you know I've known since elementary school. And we have, you know, a bond, but there's mm-hmm. a different bond between my buddies from the military, especially the ones that, you know, I was deployed with. Like, right. you're, you're just, you know, you're in a small room with them 24 hours a day. Yeah. So you got no choice but to get to know these people, even if some of them are idiots. I, I think it's the closest thing to prison that I would get to. And I remember, exactly. like, like That's the day... When, when I was in Iraq, like, that's how I broke up. My, I broke up my day based on the meals, right? Like, you know, the events of the day. And I still remember the schedule. Like, I remember getting up at 5, doing PT, breakfast at 6, getting to the desk at 7. You know, like, I was a, de- I was a fobbit in Iraq. 
you know, and then there was like lunch at noon or 11 or whatever it was. And then I went to the gym at three to break it up again, dinner at six, you know, and then back to the hooch and cigars at 9 p.m. Yep. You know, and that was like every day, now, it, the seven days a week, uh, no change, no days off, no holidays. It was just every day was exactly the same as the one before. Dude, uh, we had we, we had the best hooch in Korea. Oh. I uh, I managed to square away a three man hooch to myself when I was in Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't say it just sort of happened by accident. And it was one of those like I'm not going to correct their mistake, and uh, and I stayed in that hooch, and then I ended up, you know, uh, I got I had like a refrigerator, and then I started like acquiring stuff. I had a, like a, a, a kitchen island in there and a microwave. Like, um, I was living pretty good by the time the, the deployment was over. Oh, you can't you can't put an infantry guy in the fob and expect him not to steal stuff. Oh hell no! Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, and that's why it's like prison because we all get good at stealing. Shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, is... why do you? Hey, why do you have so many peanut butters in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other one that was really popular was the uh, the Oakley glasses with the KBR guys. Man, they love those things. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I had an endless supply of those. Oh so, my god! And the endless supply of K bars. <laughs> yeah. Like, why do you need nine of them? I don't know. I just want them. Yeah. <laughs> I had a squad leader uh, when I was in Afghanistan who managed to acquire a law rocket. Uh, have you seen a law rocket? You know what those those look like? No, no, no. So the law is like uh, it's it's most of like the Schwarzenegger movies and stuff. You'll see them. They're short. They're um, probably like three feet long, and it's a tube um maybe six inches wide and, and like three feet long and then it extends out and then you shoot it's a one-shot deal um and he rigged it onto his body armor on his back um, <laughs> so he had this law rocket and we got we got into a few firefights and he always had a new one and i you know i i still he still won't tell me where he got him from like that's uh, this was what he, he's going to retire now. And that's, he promised to tell, let me know the story. Like when he retires, how he managed to acquire a rocket that isn't even issued to soldiers anymore. Yeah. So, and it wasn't in 2005 either. Like you got the AT4, which is the big, big ass rocket. That's not what he was walking around with. He was walking with a Vietnam era rocket. Um, and he fired it. So it's a one shot thing. So, I mean, he, he, he had like seven or eight of them while we were over there. I don't know where he was getting them from. <laughs> Dude, like, I mean, I don't wish, I don't wish this, this, like, you know, like, you know, COVID was horrible, but if it was the zombie apocalypse, it was fantastic. Because <laughs> I have so many buddies and we have such a great plan. Like, you know, all my veteran buddies, like, we're going to be killing it, dude. Like, people that, people that don't have those skills, I'm sorry, but we're taking your shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the problem is that there's like 3 million people with the same plan out there. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> the perfect situation is just like, you know, like the Walking Dead situation where you don't see everybody. <laughs> right, yeah, there's not that many of them out there. <clears throat> no. I mean, yeah. We, yeah, we got in so much trouble one time. We had this like big whiteboard in our shop and we used to um, track all of our shoots and um, life-saving equipment. And we erased it. Like all of our dates, you know, stuff we had needed and plugged it in, plugged like all of our um, zombie apocalypse survival skills. 
And when our CO walked in and was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that seems really on brand for what, you know, uh, what you can expect. So, so are, are you still in currently? No, I got out. Uh, I got out in 2012. So I've been out for a while now. Okay, yeah, I got out in 2017. Yeah, I'm I'm fully civilianized. Um, and then even I even got my I went through my fat stage already. Um, so I had yeah. that. I got really right. fat, and then I, I hear, you, I hear that, brother. I'm back in the other direction now. So, uh, but yeah. What got, was it like? For, what was it like for you? You know, like the first year or so when you got it out. Was rough. Um, it was really hard. So you know. Uh, when I got out, it was the transition assistance program, and it—I mean, it was—it was a joke, man. Um, and I didn't really know what I was doing. I, you know, I didn't have a good financial understanding of what I was getting myself into. Um, <clears throat> I didn't understand the costs of all the things that I was going to pay for, and then I moved away from both me and my wife's family. Um, so I, I wasn't near a military base, and I wasn't near family. And so it was like I had unplugged from every support system uh, that I could have had. And um, and that was hard. And, and it was I think it was a mistake. Uh, well, I mean, we, we made it out of it. Um, and that was what my first book was was all about that. It was about my transition. And I wrote it a few years after um, when I kind of got my act together. And it was just kind of like. You know, this is hard. This is not easy. Take it serious. You know, and uh, here are some here's here's all the mistakes I made. Don't make these same mistakes. You know, um, kind of. And it's walk tough. Through. It's tough to tell people that because they're going to listen to you, but then they're not. Then and they're going to have to make their own mistakes. Yeah, they're going to assume that uh, you know I'm just an idiot. Um, <clears throat> and I was an angry boy back then. I've gone back and read that book because, like, oh man, that that dude that wrote that was going through some shit. Um, <laughs> come. I've come a long way since then. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's you're, you, you don't realize, or maybe I didn't realize how much of my life was wrapped ar- around my military identity. You know, oh, yeah. all, all yeah, of 100%. my social, my work, everything, everything was all around the military. And yeah, I'm plugged from that. And, you know, my wife kind of jokes is like, oh, is the army called in to check on you yet? You know, and it's been, I don't know, what what is that, almost 10 years now? <laughs> no, dude. You ever find you ever find yourself uh, walking around in like in this in the Walmart and like doing facing movements? That's the worst. <laughs> no, no, but I do assess threats on the regular. That never went. Oh away. yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> especially, especially when you're in line at a store, you're like, motherfucker, you are way too close to me. <laughs> yeah. That, that, you know, uh, trash on the side of the road, um, that still gets me, you know, um, any disc, like dirt discoloration, like if they've been digging in a cable or something and it, you know, like that catches my attention too. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think, I feel like a big thing that civilians don't realize, especially for like veterans that are, are like fresh out, it's the patience we do not have for civilians. Hmm. You know, like you're if you're walking and like there's someone in front of you, like you need to move, like walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like I, dude, said, I used to be a lot more angry. Coast. I'm from the East Coast, dude, so I get it real bad. I'm, hmm. You know, like I'll be walking behind somebody, I'm like, fucking move. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have learned to control a lot of that and and 
try to give a little bit more grace. Um, and, and I think part of that also was just because, like I said, I was outside of all of those uh, support networks. So I had to plug into a civilian support network. Um, and, you know, I started going, I started going to church and I, I you know, there was a small men's group. Um, none of them were veterans and, uh, yeah, I mean, and those guys helped me get out of my funk, you know? So it just kind of changed my perspective on, you know, myself and who I was and, you know, gave me a little bit more, um, humility, which I definitely needed. Um, it was good. You know, I guess maybe it wasn't a mistake now that I, I talked my way out of that one. <laughs> so are you, are you still like in, you know, pretty good touch with um, a lot of your friends? We are actually, um, we had a reunion um, pre COVID. There was, uh, there's an organization called Operation Enduring, no, uh, the Independence Fund. And inside the Independence Fund is um, it's Operation something. I can't remember now uh it's it's escaping me but so the independence fund has this thing where they pay to bring an entire unit together um and so it's it's essentially free to the guy to the soldier um and then they bring the whole unit together and it's like this three-day event um and you know you do a bunch of different activities we went axe throwing and um we went to we were in nashville we went to johnny cash's farm and met his kids while we were there and um some country artists came and you know did a little concert just for us and we had this big barbecue thing it was pretty cool Damn, um, dude i need to get on that yeah yeah so they're called the independence fund <clears throat> and uh man i can't remember what the uh oh man um what the uh, it's like not even close in my brain anymore it's all good i'll google it dude yeah. So it's pretty cool. Um, and, it, and so that was a good, it was, you know, most of us had not gotten in touch with each other prior to that. And so bringing us together in that group um, kind of reignited those relationships. Um, and since then, everybody's really, you know, they've been more in touch with each other um operation resiliency is what it's called by the way i just remembered yeah um and it was operation something operation resiliency so everybody's been like more in touch we got a facebook group that we all chat in and you know guys are talking to each other a bunch of you know i've got a bunch of group messages which are dangerous um so if you have a work cell phone but don't don't put your army bands you as you gave us the example you know yeah 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 um, and that's been really good. It's been really good. It's been really good for a lot of guys. You know, some of us did better than others, um, you know, and uh, and it's been good to, you know, just get get things out in the air. And it's kind of a safe space for folks to just be honest about, you know, what's going through their heads. Yeah. I mean, not to not to uh, turn this interview uh, on its head, but because um, I personally have experienced this, but like, you know, have you lost anybody, you know, post-military, you know? We have. You, yeah. Like, I've had a couple bodies, like, you know, get out and not didn't make it. Right. Yep. Um, we, we had a couple of them. Uh, and so, you know, that, 
it it's really hard to to get through that and then you know we've had a couple guys that died on deployments after our deployment as well you know so um all told uh in our company you know 17 guys that aren't going to be there anymore um so and it's out of 100 130 something yeah. uh, so i mean we did all right from you know i guess uh you know i know but every single one of them is it, it, it's a, it's a it's a family member really i mean yeah one and, one is too many and you associate you you know everything about them right we just talked about this like deep relationship that you have with everybody um and so you know every one of them you know their family you know their kids you've heard their stories and you know what their hopes are what their dreams were and you just you know all of that's not going to happen right yeah yeah especially when you get to know like you know your friends like actual family you know what i mean like on a name basis right exactly yeah yeah no. and you know i feel like you know especially like i don't i don't know if there's been like some like a movie that's ever, that's that's captured that part of it i don't think you can I mean, how do you how do you capture that level of relationship um in 90 minutes yeah like, exactly yeah. explain explain something that you know, and you know, honestly, if you think about it, the amount of time that you spend with somebody, that's why you, your civilian friends, like that you've known for your whole life, you probably, you know, still haven't spent as much time with them as you did with some of the guys that, that you deployed with. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you literally, your battle buddy, you were attached to like, you did absolutely everything together, you know? <clears throat> Does, yo, does it eat you up inside when you're watching like a movie, you know, and the military's in it and they're wearing hats inside? <laughs> uh, I I have learned to be quiet, but apparently I still make sounds um, yeah. when, when things are wrong. So <laughs> as I'm told by my wife. <laughs> yeah. You're sitting there watching TV, take it off. <laughs> <laughs> I think the worst movie for it was um, Basic. With uh, Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta, um, I don't think and, I've ever seen that, dude. Oh man, Samuel L. Jackson's uniform is all kinds of jacked up, and you may not even appreciate it too much being an Air Force guy. Um, but he's got like two different ranks, and he's called by a third rank that he's not wearing, and he's got his poncho on like a like a cape, and uh, and he's wearing a beret. Anyway, it, was, it was like it's all kind of like <laughs> it's, it's like somebody went in <laughs> went in to uh you know a shop at and was like oh i like this one and this one and this one and put it well, like four, funny, four different like in those movies <clears throat> you know they hire people you know like experts to tell the actors like, okay you got to wear this and they're telling them the wrong things right <laughs> yeah. you're like like who's standing there and like yo get your hand out of your pocket dude <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <What are> you <laughs> <doing>? <laughs> <clears throat> oh yeah no so, so how many books have you written? Uh, I got two books. So the, the first one was, like I said, it was, um, it was about transitioning into civilian life and, um, you know, kind of my struggle through that. But it was more of like, a, both of them are kind of self-help style. That's just, uh, I don't really see the point in a story, I guess, or I, if I'm going to sit down and write a book, it's going to be to for somebody to take action based off of it. 
Um, but like I said, the first one, I was a little bit angry. Um, and I've gotten some some pretty scathing reviews to my inbox off of it. Uh, and the world is kind of a different place than it was in 2015 when I wrote it. Um, and then uh, <clears throat> the second one is kind of more recent. And it's, it's a leadership uh, book. And it's about, um, you know, at this point in my life, I've, I've had uh, almost 20 years of leadership experience, both in the military and outside in the civilian world. And <clears throat> I draw from all those different experiences to give folks, you know, actionable lessons, but also entertaining stories um, on what they can do, you know, how to build habits to be a better leader and, and you know, move teams and lead yourself and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Can you can you find those books on Amazon? Yeah. Dude, so plug, uh, plug away, brother. <laughs> so uh, the leadership book is called Keep On Leading. Um, and, and that is on Amazon. And then the transition book is called Conus Battle Drills. Um, so, you know, for anybody in the military, you can understand Conus versus Oconus and the battle drills, which I don't know if you guys got them in the Air Force, but in the Army, it's our actions you take immediately. You know, the immediate action drills, um, things that you can do, uh, actions that you can take without um, – everybody's kind of trained on how to do it. Right. So yeah. that's the, the idea behind that, that one. Uh, but keep on leading is my most recent one. Um, <clears throat> I think it's pretty entertaining. I enjoyed it. Um, and so far, most of the people that have read it told me it's pretty good too. So, uh, but of course I'm biased. Yeah. 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 I'll check it out. <laughs> Dude, I, I want to write a book so bad. I'm just so fucking lazy. <clears throat> You know, it's just a matter of, I think what gets me going is knowing who I'm writing it for and why I'm writing the book. Um, you know, so the first one was for, it was, it was after I had a difficult conversation with one of my former soldiers. And so it, it started off as like a Facebook rant and then it turned into a book and I wrote it in like three months. Um, and then the second one was a similar deal where I went through a leadership training course um, and I found out what the organization was paying to put me through this course. And it was like, what a waste of time. And um, so I decided I would do something that would be, you know, much more economical if, if a business wanted to buy, you know, a $10 book and then just read it as a group, you know, and, and get more out of it than they would out of a $800 course, you know? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so, um, you have a podcast too, right? I do. Um, I started uh, Built with Grit um, to talk about, you know, business owners and the just kind of hear their stories of, of how they made things happen. Um, so I think it's really interesting. And I've had some some really neat guests. Um, I had uh, I had one of the co-founders of SpaceX on there, um, and he came and you know he's telling the story about being on the on the plane leaving Russia with Elon Musk when they unsuccessfully um, tried to purchase a Russian rocket and Elon said, you know, let's build one ourselves. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of a neat perspective from that guy. And um, I had um, uh, Rocco, Vincent Rocco Vargas, um, you know, from article, uh, yeah, article 15. And he was in, he's in the Mayans TV show. Oh, nice dude. Yeah. And uh, he was on and, and kind of told his story about and, and the organization that he started called Veteran. Uh, and, you know, that was really cool. And, and, you know, just different different business owners. Every one of them has got a story of, 
you know, some sort of um, leap that they took and some risk that they took and, and, you know, kind of put it all on the line and make things happen. And, you know, they still grind every day. Um, and it's, uh, it's, I find it inspiring. So I figured, Hey, I might as well interview these people and have them tell their stories and maybe I'll learn something out of the deal. And if anybody watches, they'll get something out of it too, you know? And that's basically why I started this, you know, yeah. because, because I mean, like I would say half of the people I, I've, I've had on the show so far, I've known. But mm. someone like you, I was like, I was, I wanted to jump right on board because we don't know each other. Right. We met through, we met through Twitter, <laughs> and now we know each other, dude. Like, yeah. Um, and it's so easy, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like because we have that, we have that, you know, thing in common. Mm-hmm. We yeah. both, we both raised our hand, and that's all you need to start off. Right. You know, if we were sitting at the airport, I bet you we could smell each other. We would, just, <laughs> we would just know. You can tell, dude, you can tell. You can, I mean, like, whether, yeah. whether you got that, you know, thousand mile stare or it's just something you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, the way someone carries themselves, the way they look around. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, as soon as you said, dude, you triggered me. As soon as you said Article 15, because I've gotten, I've gotten two of them. <laughs> well, congratulations! I'm in an exclusive club, an Article Thirty club. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I've I've had a few, you know, some of them that I've had to write, I, I didn't I didn't always agree with, you know, uh, and when then we've had other ones that are like, man, you know, I had a I had a kid who was underage drinking, and uh, he got he got caught like three or four times, and I was like, dude. And, it, and this was like in a one month time span and, and like, but like doing dumb shit, like running out in the middle of the street and, you know, throwing bottles of cars and stuff. Like, You know, if you just went into your barracks room and locked the door and just you and your roommate, you know, like you would never get in trouble, but yeah. Oh, uh, poor yeah. kid. Dude, get arrested from stealing from the BX. Like, what are you doing? They're watching you. As soon as you walk in there, like, like you're briefed on it. As soon as you get to base, like, hey, don't steal from the BX. The motherfuckers are watching you. <laughs> this dude got arrested for stealing Hungry Man dinners. And I don't know if you remember, but back in the day, like in the early 2000s, um, Exhibit, or, or, yeah. or it was Exhibit or 50 Cent had an Xbox game. Okay. You, homeboy, get you, you're going to get arrested for stealing a video game, you know, for... <laughs> For fifty cent, <laughs> this is, you know, so I think uh, so. RBWTF moments recently posted a picture. And it was like a snapshot of a text message, and it was like, just technically speaking, if a dude got a DUI because he was driving to the hospital because he blew his hand off with fireworks, is that one incident report or two? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna say it's one, but it's gonna have subcategories. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what the text. The like the response was like one. One is good, you know, like something like that with like an emoji of like this, like straight, you know, the straight lines. Like, yeah, you know, uh, <clears throat> that that Friday night phone call. Like, oh, damn it, you know. <clears throat> so, dude, um, as we wrap this up, dude with a series of questions okay so answer to your best ability okay all right all right 
You're on a desert island situation. You can bring one movie. What's that movie? Oof. Just one movie. Not a series. Nope. Hmm. Uh, Step Brothers. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That, yeah. That is so, that is so rewatchable, dude. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm thinking, right? So it's not necessarily something that I really enjoy, but you know, I mean, I do enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. It's yeah. portable, and I feel like I, every time I watch that movie, I laugh at the jokes. Right? Yeah. So it's, not a desert island. I'm gonna want to laugh. You know that yeah. it was between that and the other guys. Oh um, yeah, I love the other. All aim for the bushes is the, one of the best lines I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> And I drive a Prius, which is even yeah. better, right? Like I get yeah. I get extra laughs out of it. Dirty Mike and the boys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I might have to change my vote now that you've mentioned it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Next question. All right. One of these has got to go. Rock, hip hop, or country? Uh, I'm gonna go with country. Everybody picks country, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've had anyone that not that hasn't. <laughs> uh, okay. Pizza, yay or nay? I'm for it. Me too, dude. I don't know what the big deal is. It's good. I don't either. Yeah, I'm. I'm a fan. Uh, I like my Hawaiian pizza. No, no, like I'm not a fan of you know, like you know, the the canned pineapple. Mm. Like I want like a real pineapple slice. If you're gonna, okay. do- all right. Sure. But I don't dig the ham. Don't give me the ham. Just give me the pineapple. (laughs) I used to live in Italy when I was a kid growing up. And there was a little pizza shop right across the street. Now, this is Naples, Italy pizza. So it's not like uh, if you haven't been overseas or you haven't been to like a real Neapolitan pizza joint in New York City or something, you probably never had pizza like this. But um, they had a, uh, a French fry and hot dog pizza there. Uh, and it was, fuck? It was, yeah, that's what I thought too. It was a pizza bianca, they called it. So it was a white, uh, no sauce. Um, and then they had one, it had like corn also. And, uh, or maybe that one had corn on it. I think it was corn, french fries, and hot dogs or something like that. And, uh, I one day just like, I was like, okay, I, I gotta try it, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and, and it was good, man. It was good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of open to a lot of different toppings on pizza. Be, you know. Have you ever have you ever been to Korea? I have. Yeah. Okay. So, did you have the uh the corn dog battered with french fries? I did not. Yeah, dude. They like it, when I first saw it, I was like, "Why aren't we doing this?" <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's an interesting idea. Yeah, huh. I mean it's you know, it's basically like they just throw French fries in the batter, and when they dip it in, you know it's French fries all stuck to it. Ooh, that and sounds they, good. Yeah, and they have this like amazing like they do a lot of stuff with mayo over there, and it's always good. Mm. I tried to like eat Korean whenever I was over there, like actual like Korean food. Um, so, oh. uh, you know, uh, and occasionally the street, you know, but all the street food is like stuff that you can hold and walk and eat at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and pretty much anything stuffed. If you give me something stuffed and breaded, you know. Uh, if yeah, if I can eat it in my hand while I'm walking, it's the best. Yeah, but you know, pretty much all foods that are breaded with some sort of stuffing, I approve of. You know, whether it's pastelitos in 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 Miami or you know raviolis 
or you know Chinese what is it bao or you know whatever like if, if it's for some reason you you put breading around something like it's gonna be <laughs> enjoy it yeah I, I I got my Korean buddies that are listening to this but kimchi is the worst thing on the planet I didn't like kimchi either yeah I, I had a bad though I had a bad experience with kimchi I had to wipe my ass with my own sock oh why everyone laughed at me it was the worst <laughs> all right so all right if you could pick one historical figure to survive the zombie apocalypse with who would you pick mm. well I, I feel like the obvious answer is jesus uh, you know. <laughs> Yo, I don't know why. I don't know why, but I always think Abe Lincoln. I don't know why. I, do. <laughs> I just feel like that's the answer I should pick, right? Um, you know, and I'm sure the dude had a pretty good sense of humor. Uh, yeah, yeah, still, yeah. You know, and and I mean, he's got stories for days. I mean, the dude did walk everywhere, so you know he's fit. Right. Yeah. You know, he can, he can hold his own. Maybe he could fight. You don't know. We don't know. There's That's no right. stories in the Bible hidden whipping somebody's ass. Right. Well, I mean, he did throw some tables around and nobody decided to mess with him. So I also feel like he couldn't have been that small of a dude. You know, no, he's no. a carpenter, right? Like, I bet he was exactly. A he had to have been scary looking, right? Some he big, had to have had hand strength. Some big, angry Palestinian guy, you know, throwing tables in it. In you know, and nobody said anything like that was not a small man. Yeah. He's, not, he's not like the skinny soft dude that we see all the time on TV. Yeah. And, yeah. Definitely for, and then throw in, you know, the magic equation. He right. might be like unstoppable. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Just put like, yo, JC, put a shirt on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine what he could do with sneakers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> so, dude, man, I, yo, I, I, I appreciate the hell of you being on this show, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, it was, it was a fun conversation. Yeah, man. Oh. Um, I'll let you know when I, uh, I'll hit you up when I uh, drop your episode. But, okay. Um, do you want to plug anything before we go? I, I've been plugging this whole time. I'm good. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Uh, but everybody, everybody, if you're listening, you know, and you heard back about 10 minutes ago, go read my man's book. Go listen yeah. to his podcast. Oh, and if you got a nonprofit, you know, my business now is uh, saving people money. So um, we look at different cost categories and uh, we find savings for you. We get paid out of the savings. So if we can't save you money, we don't get paid. Cool, so, man. Yeah. There you go. That's another plug. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, dude, it was great. It was great talking to you, dude. Yeah, you too, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right, bro. All right. Bye.